Welcome to the Ken Hill Podcast. I very much appreciate you taking the time to tune in. And no intro music. Yeah, no intro music. And, oh, our sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by, well, it's sponsored by you and it's sponsored by me. So the cool thing about that is we get to start talking about the topic at hand like right now. So this podcast is about uh, passing. Passing has been on the podcast uh, to-do list essentially since uh, day one. It's, It's really overdue. I apologize for that. But it wasn't until recently that I've really internalized um, internalized what I wanted to say about it, as well as had my peer group uh, vetted as well. So that's, uh, that's what this podcast is about, is sort of the culmination of everything there. And just like all the other podcasts, you know, what we want to be able to do and what we want to achieve with that is, is um, getting you to your writing goals by, by showing you the habits and techniques of what the best writers in the world are doing, uh, and and making it just so much easier for you. But there's there's one other thing to it that we don't think about that that gets blanketed in being a better writer, and what the techniques and habits of what the other of, of what the best writers in the world are doing, and that's mitigating risk. And we have to understand that our sport has consequences, and it can have dire consequences. And this topic passing, I, I was shocked at as we vetted this out. How many bad experiences the people that I knew had in, in, in this topic? What a big deal passing is and, and how it's gone wrong and it's created such a negative impact in our sport. And that's really what we're going to start this off with, which is why we need to talk about passing. Passing is potentially ruining our sport. Here's why. Because when we look at passing, we tend to, we tend to blanket passing one way for everything, whether you're riding on the street, whether you're riding on the track or, or trail riding or, or racing, it's all looked about the same. And what we need to do instead is we need to categorize passing based on the environment that you're in. So I'm going to break it down into three categories. And each one of these categories deserve their, their own talking points. And there are different rules for each one of these categories. And instead of blanketing them all into one, each one of these is gonna get its own deal. So we've got three categories. The first one is street riding. The second one is sort of our fun training, track days, trail riding, you know, go-kart track type of stuff. And then we have actual competition, racing. So let's be clear. Street riding is not a competition. It's not. Now, our fun environment, I, I want to I make sure I say this super clear. Our fun environment has competitiveness, but it is not a competition. And what we want to make sure that we, that we understand in that fun environment is it's okay. It's okay to have competitiveness, but we don't want competitiveness to be the only thing that drives us for our decisions. So. Think about it that way. And then, yes, finally, we have racing. We've got competition. So we're going to dive into that. So three categories, street riding, our sort of fun category, and competition. And they all deserve their own talking point. So let's, let's jump into street. A couple things with street. One is we're going to get actually into, the, into sort of what our proactive process is. But the thing on street to help save our sport, something that we need to think about is the visibility of our passing. 
what does the past look like to the people that you're passing? Right? All it takes is, you know, you to make a dumbass pass or your buddies to make a dumbass pass. And then, right, the authorities are getting called and that's just another nail in the coffin on our sport. So let's think about the visibility of our pass. And I think that's something to take into consideration. So, so the nuts and bolts of the, the passing on the street, uh, as I look at it, is what is the return on my pass? That's a simple one. And if you take the competitiveness out of it, I can almost guarantee your viewpoint on this is going to change. So what is the return on my pass? If you know, you're sitting behind five cars and you've got to make a bonsai pass to get by three of them and then dive in behind the second car, put your brakes on, and now everybody behind you is putting their brakes on, yeah, not a good return. All you've done now is piss everybody off and that's not going to work. So what is the return on my pass? And the things that put you in a proactive situation versus a reactive situation are, is my lane clear? Am I able to see that whatever the time my pass is going to be, does my bike's capabilities match that scenario? So is my lane clear and is my bike capable of making that happen? Do I have an out? Looking at, the, looking at this uh, in real time is very difficult, but you have to think about that. Do I have an out? More importantly, the one that I think about is, do I have an out with grip? So if it's an unknown surface, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's uh, it had just rained the night before, I don't, I don't know, but think about that. Do I have an out with grip? And am I leading other riders? Whether you like it or not, if you're, if you're in a group and you make the first pass, you're leading the other riders, right? You're making a pass for them as well. So you have to think about that. If there's four guys in your group, how's the fourth guy going to be? So think about that. I'm leading other riders. How's the pass going to be for them? The other one here is don't follow too fucking close. I can't tell you the crazy stuff that I've seen because somebody will start something, you're following too close, and now you're completely reactive to whatever they're doing. If they make a mistake, give the other rider room to ride so you can be proactive in your own space. So what all of this equals is you should know the outcome of the past before it happens. I think if you can put those thoughts together on the street, it's going to make your life a lot easier. So the street summary is this. What's the return of my pass? Can I be proactive versus reactive? Do I know my bike's capabilities and the time distance that's going on? Is my lane clear? Do I have an out? Do I have an out with grip? And what's going to happen when I'm leading others, right? What's their pass going to look like? We're not going to follow too close. And all of those things equal, you should know the outcome of the past before it happens. All right. The fun environment. Uh, this, is, this is one that we, we typically see a lot. Uh, there's a lot going on to this, right? But this is, think about what this is, right? This is our training days. This is um, um, XR100, XR100 oval riding. This is mini, mini bikes at a go-kart track. Uh, this is trail riding. This is track days. And yes, there absolutely is some, com some competitiveness with this. But let's not make competitiveness the only thing. If, if, if the competitiveness drives all of your thoughts, that's where we have a problem. And, and um, it's absolutely easily confused. It's not a competition. You want to go race? Please go race. The first thing that, that I think about in my riding uh, in this environment is Something Nick Ionach said to me the first time I went to school at Freddie Spencer's and Nick was there, and Nick said something, it was just brilliant. 
uh, on, uh, on this, which is pass for the other rider's comfort. I love that. Because when you pass for the other rider's comfort, a lot of things get blanketed into that statement. You're looking at the other rider's speed, you're looking at the other rider's skill level, you're looking at the other rider's trajectory, and then you, within that, you learn to anticipate what they're doing based on the signals that they give you. If they turn in early, guess what? They're gonna run wide. They turn in late, they're gonna exit low off the corner. They have bad body position, um, they may run wide. Um, they get off the brakes early, right? They're not gonna hit their apex. So you can, when, when you start to look at this as a bigger statement, what the other riders comfort, what, that, what the other riders doing in their comfort level, it's gonna shortcut you and it's gonna allow you to anticipate what's going on. Oh my gosh, this is gonna make your, your life so much easier. And you have to remember, these are decisions being made in, in, in real time when you're moving. So very, you know, depending on the environment, you're gonna be moving 50 feet a second, sometimes 150 feet a second. So this is a huge skill. And if you can start to build this habit, uh, it'll, make, it'll make your life a lot easier as well. So what does a safe pass look like? I'm not going to go down in the weeds on this one. I'm going to make this one super, super easy, which is let's not change the other rider's trajectory. Meaning let's not, if, if you're altering the other person's line or, or they have to alter their line, then that's not okay. But let's also take it one step further is let's not change the trajectory in their brain, right? So if you strafe them at, 80 miles an hour at six inches away, that's obviously going to take away something in their, in their thought process. So a safe, what a safe pass looks like is not altering another person's trajectory, either on the track on their line or in their brain as well. Some simple rules with that is, especially at track days, is once the rider started to turn down, there's no pass, right? So let's, let's think about that. Again, it's not a competition. The one that I want you to think about the most, that the one we have the biggest problem at track days is passing on the outside on exits. <sighs> okay, <laughs> let's, let's be really cognizant of that. Because we're going, we, you should assume the rider in front of you is going to use all the track, right? That's the fastest and safest way around the track. So you should assume they're going to use all the track when, when necessary. Here's the deal, they may get there at a different rate than you do. So again, by looking at what they're doing in their riding will help you with that. But the bottom line is, is if they're closing up the exit, in other words, if they're coming towards the exit, there's no pass, right? You wait and you go around them the opposite way. So let's not pass on the outside on exits. It's going to make your life a lot easier and it's going to save a lot of bullshit uh, that we see. Those are some of the situations that we want to avoid. When we look at, again, what's a safe pass look like? Safe pass looks like not changing the other person's trajectory on their line or in their brain. But the things we want to avoid is changing their trajectory or doing those outside passes on the exits. Let's think about committing to the pass. And this is, this is a tough one because a lot of times we don't commit to the pass because you get stuck basically right next to the person and you don't open up your vision. And this is where having great reference points are something that are, that are huge. So if you're going to go past somebody and you're going to break when they do, and then basically you're just riding with them. But if you break when they do, but they're breaking a whole breaking marker early, well, 
see, then you're just riding with them. So this is where there's no problem getting up next to the person, but then we have to use those reference points. It's one of those deals where you can see them, right? You, it, it's, it's fine to see them, but just don't stay looking at them, right? Acknowledge them, but acknowledge your reference points so you can have your depth perception take over. And that's going to make it so much easier for you to commit to the pass. Realize that direction, direction is completely paramount. Realizing that everything you're doing, again, on the bike is to get direction. So it might be something where you're going to make an inside pass. Now your radius is tighter. You got to use more straight up and down brake pressure and you might slow down. Oh, but you're going to run a little bit wide. Stay with the brakes till you have direction. So realize that no matter what direction is still, still paramount. You might get passed again. Well, you can work on that again next time, but let's remember direction's paramount. If you pass a rider and it's somebody that, gosh, they're riding well, you know, they're using good lines and you've had to work two or three laps to get by them, give them a thumbs up or give them a wave if you go by them, right? Realize that, that this is, you're enjoying the sport, realizing, dude, you're riding well. And so let's make sure that we're acknowledging um, that and, and give everybody just some joy with our, with our sport. Again, let's not follow too fucking close. I can't believe the stuff that I see at track days and how many things have been, how many of those stoppy videos have you seen from people, stop, people following too close? Crazy, right? Let's not follow too close. And again, let's give the, the riders um, some room to ride. Speed disparity, man, there's a lot of speed disparity out there and that goes a long ways into the passing. I've got a separate podcast on that in 13 that you can reference back to. So a couple things here. We're gonna talk a little bit more about, about practice passing. And the reason that we're gonna talk about practice passing is because it, some of these other things about committing to the pass or what type of pass is something that you can do with practicing your passing. The first thing is practice your passing. You're not good at passing, practice it. Find a way to make that happen. Whether you're riding mini bikes, you go to the go-karts, go-kart, indoor go-kart track, finding a riding partner that will work with you, pause, not against you, and practice your passing. Run some passing lines, right? Do some trial runs where you're gonna go, okay, actually, I've never, I've never passed anybody here. I know everybody passes here. Um, it's uncomfortable for me. I'm gonna go up the inside when there's nobody there, but I'm gonna go up the inside and get a feel for what that's like. How much more brake pressure do I need? Am I able to still see my reference points? So run some passing lines, do some trial runs and get used to what that feels like. Hey, maybe it's a deal where you're riding with somebody and you're gonna do a trial run, get next to the rider, maybe they don't see you yet, but get an idea of what that's like. So the bottom line is let's, let's practice that. And let's be aware of all those other references that go on, your brake marker, your turn-in point, where you release the brakes, because those are the guides you're gonna use during those passes. So bottom line is we gotta practice our passing. And that's gonna make your job a lot easier engaging what type of pass that you can make. Whether it's um, you wanna give the rider a little bit of room and you wanna pass them on, an, you wanna pass out of an exit corner because you took advantage of a better exit, or maybe you want to use your brakes better on the entry because it's an entry corner and that's what that corner has to offer. So these are the things that are just going to make your, uh, make your life a lot easier. One last thing on the, on the, uh, the sort of the fun environment is different track day companies 
uh, as well as whether it's a mini organization or you're riding XR100s uh, in your buddy's front yard, there should be some established passing rules. Guess what? Follow them. Just don't, don't make up your own rules. This is part of where, where all of these issues happen with. You may not agree with them, but guess what? Obey them. Follow those rules. Make it the same for everybody and it's gonna make everybody's life a lot easier. If you don't agree with it, hey, go have a sidebar conversation with whoever's putting on the track day or the day and then you can you know, give them your side of the deal. But just don't go out there and be a dick, essentially, and, uh, and, and make, that, uh, make that a problem for everybody. So let's follow the track day passing rules for everybody. So our fun environment. Some competitive, competitiveness is fine. Let's not make it the only thing. And let's learn how we have to switch our brain off for that. It's not a competition. It's pass for the other rider's comfort. Let's, within that, let's look at the other rider's speed, their trajectory, um, what lines there are, what, you know, learn to anticipate all the different thing that, things that they're going to do to make your life easier and to give you the signals you need to make a safe pass. Again, thinking about what does a safe pass look like, making sure we're not changing the rider's uh, trajectory, the things to avoid, right, as the rider's starting to come towards you, down on you, then yeah, passes over. Same thing on the exits. The rider's coming towards you, pass is done, pass is over, let's wait, okay? And then let's make sure that we're committing to the pass once it ha once it's, uh, happens. Big report card for you is direction is paramount. Uh, let's not follow too close. And practice your passing, right? That's something that, that we all will work on and, and you can practice some passing lines uh, and get a feel for what it's like to be on some different parts of the track, right? We realize that not everything, yes, we want you to run an optimum line, but you're not always gonna be on that line. So there you go. There's our summary for, uh, for our fun stuff. So racing, you know, the racing thing's kind of interesting because there's, there's not a whole ton of this. And with the racing, it's pretty simple. Passing's for position, that's it. Passing's for position. I do not believe rubbing is racing. I believe that there's situations where you're going to get close, but I don't believe getting bumped or getting pushed is necessary for good passing. And I think that that, that mentality is, is not okay. So racing, passing's for position, for sure. Here, you should be as close as you need to be to execute the pass. Think about it, this works both ways. On an exit scenario, because a lot of times you're racing in the same class, very similar bikes, similar skill levels, if you want to pass somebody on an exit corner, exit corner, right, where or, or we need a better, a better drive, you have to give them a little bit of room and then work on getting the bike positioned better so you can be at positive acceleration sooner than the other guy so you can make a pass on the exit. So be close enough, but be close enough, close enough to them, but also give them enough room so you can execute what you need to do. Now on an entry, you need to be, again, as close as you need to be to be able to execute that pass and not get into a situation where you're, gonna, where you're gonna have contact. So think about that scenario, whether it's an entry turn or an exit turn and how you wanna take advantage, uh, advantage of that. And again, one of the things that I, I did get some quotes from some of my riders on this. The, the quote was, I asked, I said, do you think every place on the track is a place to pass? And of course I got a lot of chuckles. But the, but the answer was yes. And meaning that there are strategic passes 
that happen in certain areas. And they're just passing zones. That's the reality of it. Now, not every place is necessarily a passing zone, but you want to be in a position to capitalize on a mistake a rider made. So you may make a pass in an area that's not normally a passing zone because the other riders made a mistake. And that's part of the proactive process. So I think as we, as we sort of vetted that one out, you want to be able to make a pass anywhere you, you can make a pass, but you have to look at a lot of times it's because the rider made a mistake. And then of course we want to capitalize on some of these break or these uh, passing zones uh, as well. One last thing that we talked about with some of our guys is even though passing's always for position, there's times that it can also be out there to rattle your competition. And uh, there's times where you guys, somebody may be on a slightly faster bike than you do or, or whatever it may be, or they're holding you up, but they're hard to get by. And there's times where you can start making some passes to rattle them and get them out of their, uh, out of their nerve. And I've certainly seen that, uh, that work. So summary for racing, passings for position. You need to be as close as you need to be to execute what kind of pass you want based on um, the scenario, whether it's an entry or exit scenario, and making sure you're in a position to capitalize on any mistakes that might be. There you go. There's our passing podcast. And I, I hope that this um, did what I said in the beginning uh, of what I wanted to accomplish with this is give some judgment and, and give some things to make passing easier for everyone. And also these different categories that we talked about is, is making our sport quite a bit safer and more enjoyable. Copyright 2019, Ken Hill Coaching, all rights reserved.